Welcome to the Audit Room, the number one podcast where you can share your audit experiences, ask questions, and get expert coaching and feedback. Episodes are recorded live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Central Time. That's 11 a.m. Chicago Time, 12 noon New York, and 6 p.m. Berlin. So be sure to check the show notes to join our next meeting and get all your auditing questions answered. Now, here are our hosts, Trent Russell and Tracy Marquardt. This podcast is brought to you by Green Skies Analytics, the services firm that helps auditors leapfrog up the analytics maturity model. Their approach for launching audit analytics programs with a series of proven quick win analytics will guarantee the results worthy of the analytics hype. Whether your audit team needs a data strategy, methodology, governance, literacy, or anything else related to audit and analytics, visit greenskiesanalytics.com. This podcast is also brought to you by Quality Assurance Communication. If you're an internal auditor who wants to take your own or your team's communication skills and audit results to the next level, who wants to create more for yourself, your team, and your organization, no matter where you work around the globe, then check out Quality Assurance Communication at qacommunication.com. Hello, this is Trent Russell, and this is The Audit Room. You can join us live to ask your questions every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time by connecting with myself and Tracy Marquardt uh, on LinkedIn. Uh, again, I'm your co-host and moderator, Trent Russell. I'm the founder of Green Skies Analytics. We're the go-to place for all things audit analytics. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Tracy Marquardt. Hi there, everybody. I am known as Europe's leading audit communication consultant, coming to you today again from Canada, um, where I am splitting my time these days. And uh, I am all things communication. So if you want to know how to take your team's results to the next level, uh, resulting in increased leadership skills, productivity, all those kinds of things, better audit reports than ever before, go ahead and get in touch. And I'm super excited today because we have Christian Hawks with us. And Christian is coming to us out of the UK. So it's evening time for him. And he became an auditor straight out of university. And uh, in our earlier discussion, he told me that his first five years as an auditor were a steep learning curve. And I don't know if you can take yourselves back to where you were in the first five years. And there was a bit of a learning curve, wasn't there? And we didn't have all the resources that we have today. And so Christian seeks to support others in their own first five years in internal audit. Now, I also had a peek at his LinkedIn profile, of course, in doing the research for our session today. And uh, Christian's profile mentions that he's an audit professional helping individuals and organizations navigate the choppy waters between themselves and their objectives. So I find that very um, interesting and I'm sure he'll sh shed some light on that um, as, uh, as we go through the, the discussion today. And he has a unique perspective on risk management and personal and professional development. So Christian, welcome to the audit room. We're happy to have you. Hi everyone. Yeah, good to be here. I'm really pleased to be a part of this. I love the Moderna podcast format and I'm really excited to, to get into a discussion on first five years in internal order. Perfect. Yeah, let's get into it because I definitely, uh, I started out external audit and definitely took me a while for things to click. Um, so what are you doing to help those folks in their, their first five years and why is that such a, um, a almost like a mission for you to help those folks? For me, for me, it all started with uh, my own experiences. Uh, I started, I left university and I was looking to become an accountant initially. Um, I kind of stumbled across internal audit from a job advert and um, just 
for an apply it sounded really good um but I had no idea what it was and I, I think it's a real right there is a real missed opportunity that I wasn't engaged with this career opportunity I wasn't aware of this profession I wasn't aware that I could go down this whole path that I've since subsequently gone down um because it's not really promoted as much as it could be I wouldn't say and um so I'm passionate about getting it out there to young people presenting as a career option um giving it to them as as uh, more than just a stepping stone into a different profession and, and saying this can be a career for you I think that's that's the first point and um for, for me it's been fantastic I'm a career auditor I can I can I intend to remain so going forward um I'm 29 now seven years in and I intend to keep going so um I, I think that's that's uh that that, that first five-year period often puts people off and there's a variety of reasons for that we can explore um but that that's that's where my sort of passion for for helping people in the early stages comes from can I just dig in on that for a second what is it in that first five years that can dissuade if that's a word people from continuing in the audit profession uh, to, to, to narrow it down I would say there's it's a steep learning curve like like as Trent just said um, you're coming into an environment where you're being asked to do something that you may, you don't have previous experience of doing and often and oftentimes so um, some people do come through sort of internal audit degrees and apprenticeships and things like that fantastic but I think the majority of us they do come from different backgrounds and we kind of find our way into internal audit and we have to just kind of figure it out and um, there's some great resources from the institute there's some fantastic people out there that are providing resources that, that that we can we can all access um and there's training and there's shadowing opportunities this is all available but quite often when you you start out you're kind of set to go off and do your audits and you're not really preloaded with um with the direction and the these resources that are available to you. So um, for example, until I got my CIA qualification about three years into my audit career, I felt a bit lost. And I felt there were times when I thought, I'm not sure I'm doing this right. I'm not sure I know what I'm doing. And that sort of doubt can can be real, very off-putting. If only I could have found the network of people that I have found subsequently, if, I, if only I could have tapped into what was available, if only I could have um, had a bit more of a bit more of a structured introduction and and been introduced to a sort of career path and to say this is available to you from the get-go I think that that early engagement is very important and um I, I think for me I, I want to feed that back I want to I I, I meant I try to mentor people as much as I can and uh, I look to to support people in, in in that in that position in their career um provides networking opportunities provides seminars i'm part of the iia aspire community which here in the uk is specifically designed for you for new internal auditors to support them um so so all of that has been really good and that's kind of come about since i started so it is getting a lot better and um we are we are getting somewhere and, it's continued to evolve. The profession has continued to evolve in, in my short time. Um, I started in 2015, we were very focused on financial controls and it was very much about supporting external audit. Now here we are, we're consulting on you know, risk management, corporate governance, change programs, uh, we're looking at macroeconomics, we're looking at, um, we're getting involved in such a variety of different areas. And that is quite daunting. And we really need to know that we're providing enough uh, enough support to our to our new internal auditors to, to help them keep up with the pace of change 
And you mentioned the IIA Aspire. What is that? Could you speak to that a little bit more? IIA Aspire is a UK-based organization, um, UK-based community that is promoted by the Institute of Internal Auditors. We provide seminars, we provide networking events, and we provide opportunities to access resources for new internal auditors. I, as far as I know, it's the only community of its kind that's been set up. I'm not aware of any, any other national IAA chapter um, having put on such an initiative. So it's quite, quite, a, quite an innovative effort. On, on our part and it, it's worked really well it, it really helped me um when i why first attended one of their events and i decided to become part of their community part of their committee to uh help steer the events all right i'm gonna put a link uh in the chat and we'll put it in the show notes also <clears throat> to that because i think that's a great resource what yes, would well. be you mentioned structure earlier and that's how i like to learn also um usually like certifications work well for me because there is structure in that you mentioned uh getting your cia is that where would you fit like the cia in terms of the first five years is it like hey knock this thing out as soon as you start or is it get some experience that way the uh, material clicks a little bit more well and i think tracy kind of hit on but what would like the uh first five years look like for a new auditor if you're trying to teach them all things audit I think your priorities as an auditor in your first five years should be the CIA, absolutely. The, the, the initial challenge can be getting past the probation period. Oftentimes we're subject to those um, before someone will give you training opportunities in the first place. Um, so you kind of have to fumble your way through, if I'm honest, and, and, and just survive until you can get you can secure funding for training because they are quite expensive and you have to have someone buy into you and believe in you and, and believe that you're worth giving that training to especially if you're not part of uh, a practice if you're part of a small team based at an organization um they may not train in the IAA qualifications or they may rely on experience instead so for a new person it's really really important to get those hard skills i believe i think that it's invaluable but I also think we shouldn't uh, neglect the importance of soft skills. I think the importance of taking ownership of your own professional development, getting out there, um, networking, public speaking, um, doing things like being involved in presenting at order committees or procuring new clients or um, taking any opportunities to re access your own learning. So I learned so much through LinkedIn, through YouTube, um, seek out people in the industry already. There's a lot of thought leaders out there and I, I'm one happy, if anyone wants to contact me, I can give you a big list of all my favorite sort of thought leaders in the profession uh, and see what they're saying. See what, what's hot in the industry. What's, what, what topics are we interested in? What innovations are taking place? You know, be proactive and, and take charge. I think that's really important. So having that combined CIA hard skills, having soft skills through practice and, and finding sort of mentors, um, reaching out to people, looking for places to follow and, and to gain sort of fresh insights and information to help you in your journey of the development is really important in the first five years. And and it, so it sounds like, and we've talked already about Hal Guerin and we've had him in the audit room and he talks a lot about taking responsibility for your own professional development. It sounds like you agree with that philosophy. Absolutely. So um, my, my, my initial 
introduction to the working world was within internal audit and I was very green I was very fresh and I I did just assume that uh, if the company wants me to become better then they'll provide me with the training to come become better because when you come through an academic university system you know you get given the resources you get tested on an exam if you get the exam grade you get to move up um it doesn't work like that in the workplace you, you really do have to if you want to succeed you have to take charge of your own land exactly as Hal said um I think going out yeah and seeking seeking your own resources seeking your own opportunities to gain experience it doesn't have to be an internal audit I've done stand-up comedy I've done public speaking I've gone to sort of free networking events in my in my city um all sorts of things like that which really helped me bring up my my confidence my ability to speak to people um in a, in a big public setting which I was severely lacking in and I really um was just sitting there thinking well they'll train me they'll show me what to do and it, it <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's really about taking charge and, and showing initiative as, as a young person. If you really want to stand out and, and get somewhere, you, you need to you need to take charge of your own learning, exactly as Hal said. Absolutely. And, you know, I like the idea of the comedy course. I feel like it's yeah. not for me, but um, <laughs> I think it's a great learning tool. And because I know in the last city I lived in, they have improv courses, too. And that might also be a way, you know, to get to learn how to react. And I'm a Toastmaster and I'm a fan of Toastmasters and how you can learn how to uh, public speak and leadership skills at the same time. So I, I totally get where you're coming from. Yeah, that uh, stand-up comedy thing terrified. Like, I, it hit me in the stomach when you said that. Like, that is that has to be terrifying. Is that probably the most, like, scary public speaking event uh, that you've done? Um, I, I'd wager I compare it to the close-up meetings of some of the audits I've done, uh, getting heckled in those. It's, it's kind of, uh, I'd say that was a bit worse than stand-up comedy. Uh, these are the things you, you need to you need to be prepared to face rejection. Um, there's been some work recently by the, by the IAA on um, on bravery and internal audit and being the one in the room to stand up and say, "Sorry, I don't agree." and and facing objection and, and being uh, having everyone in the room turn to you and think um what you're saying and uh, you um you going against what the senior person in the room is saying and especially if especially if you're young especially if you're under 25 26 years old or so it, it can be very daunting to sort of walk in there and say no i need to stand up for this for this uh this control that there's a weakness or i need to raise uh, a concern over the significant risk that the organization is facing and you're glossing over it you need to be the one to say I disagree, and and that could come with repercussions in itself. So so Hassan Okombi helped me a great deal with with enforcing that bravery and um, yeah, in all seriousness, yeah, it was, it, it was very scary but very rewarding and and immensely um, confidence building as well. That is uh, definitely a we were talking innovation just a little bit before we got on. That's definitely an innovative way to become a better communicator. Um, and I know you also have a YouTube channel um, where you speak on these topics also. What else? So YouTube, uh, stand up or those, uh, I guess between the two, which is, I guess YouTube is probably going to be the best, right? What would you recommend someone who wanted to uh, build their communication skills and how they could use something like YouTube or another social media to do that? I chose path that, that worked for me. It if you want to improve your personal your communication skills, absolutely 
you, you don't have to post it on YouTube like I do, but you can film yourself talking. That's a really important one and, and pick yourself up as to how what makes you difficult to understand. Are you pronunciating, are you pronouncing your words correctly? Do you stumble over yourself? Do you hesitate a lot? Do you ramble? Um, you really don't have that self-awareness in a lot of cases. Um, I think few people possess that. And if you film yourself talking for a good five to 10 minutes, a friend of mine actually gave me a really good tip um, in, terms, in the context of sort of presenting to all the committees, presenting to clients, um, close up meetings, stuff like that. Read through what you've got to read, um, be confident, own what you have to, the only information you have to deliver back to the client, but also read it in a way that you can be excited about it and you can own it and, and talk in a way that this is positive and we're going to work together on this. And um, you can go into sort of neurolinguistic programming in that sense. So um, using inflections and, and terminologies that are, will be, make the communications that you're sending over to be better received. Um, so I think that's a really good thing to do. Things like Toastmasters, Stand-up comedy, if you if you want to think on your feet a bit more, improv, things like that, fantastic. Um, and getting out networking, like I say, uh, if you're near any sort of urban centre, you you can search networking events in my area. You'll just find someone to be opening a shop down the road from you and you can turn up and you can network with all the, the, the local business people. Um, I had nothing in common with them. I'd introduce myself as an auditor and they just glaze off and walk away. <laughs> you really have to... It gets you used to walking up to people and, and getting involved. And, and the Institute puts on a lot of a lot of free networking events as well. And especially as a young person, you know, that can be daunting to go to. But if you if you really have the bravery and, and the the strong enough why, you know, you really need to tell yourself, why am I doing this? What where do I want to be? What am I doing this for? And push yourself out there and you'll be amazed what what you can achieve, you know, how far you can come with with a little bit of effort. And it will show and it'll be picked up by your by your managers, by people in your team that you are making that effort and it will be rewarded down the line. So I think it's important. I think those are very wise words and especially the one about understanding your why because once you have a goal in mind, you have some leverage against yourself to actually take the actions that you're going to need to be successful with that why. And I think going to those networking events is uh, super helpful. It's super uncomfortable. Uh, I remember doing it, you know, before I started my business back in 2013, I thought I'm going to have to get on stage at some point. So I need to get out there and start talking to people. And now when I go to a conference, I, in the, you know, people have taken the escalator up to the floor with all the rooms. I start talking to people on the escalator. I'm sure that half of them think I'm crazy, but I just, you know, the goal is to meet people and to learn from them and to create connections. So go for it. Tracy, I've got a question for you. Because you've mentioned oh. Toastmasters a couple times, and there was yeah. a lot of um, love for Toastmasters in the chat. What what's like a, a actionable takeaway that you've learned from Toastmasters that you could share with everyone? So to Christian's point about improv, Toastmasters has the in, impromptu speech where there's a question is read, and then we randomly call on members and non-members if they agree to come up to the front and answer the question. So there's some of that improv there. The other one is filler words. Uh, um, so mm, uh, it's tough because we have a, uh, see, we, we have, um, now I'm just doing it because it's, 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 in my, it's in my head now. 
we have an, it's called an awe counter. And for everyone in the room, guest or member, they count all the filler words and then report back at the end of the meeting, at least in our club, that's, that's what we do. And it's a tough lesson. We had one young gentleman who was just, I think 27 years old. And in one meeting, he would have 27, 35 puns, ahs, so's and things. He decided to become president of our club. So he put himself forward, he was elected. And after a year of being president of the club, he had three in a meeting. So it's that practice of week in and week out, leading the discussion and leading the meeting. And it worked really, really well. My biggest tip for that is to close your mouth. Don't think with your mouth open because then you're gonna be like, uh. So say what you're gonna say, close your mouth and then start again after you've thought about it. Perfect, that's awesome. Hey, Christian, I wanted to throw it back to you because so we were talking about like the first five years um, and what we can do to really become a better auditor and not maybe feel so lost as well. And then after those five years, um, maybe you want to leave and go to a, another uh, organization or something. What are the, the folks that you're talking to, like in your circle, how are they able to keep those folks like more than those five years? Like you put in all this time to uh, invest in someone in their career, and then they leave. So what, what can leaders do to retain folks? I know it's a very hot topic um, really across the world, but obviously within the auto profession as well. Yeah, staff retention among my age group is, is certainly a hot topic issue, absolutely. I, I think there's there's a whole kind of worms we could open there, but I'll, I'll try and keep it to a, a brief sort of um, summary of what I believe. I think that um, there needs to be a greater understanding of the motivators behind millennials. And by that, I mean people under sort of 40 years old or so, uh, if we're looking at the working age, 18 to 40 or so. Um, whereas traditionally you might have people going to work to pay down a 25-year mortgage on the house, to raise two kids, to have a kind of um, what would be maybe a middle-class lifestyle sort of 20 years ago. Oftentimes, that isn't achievable anymore. Um, if you work as an, as an auditor, especially as a young person in that kind of transient period of your life, a lot of people were waiting much longer to have children, to buy a house, to, to um, settle down and, and really lock into a career. And then it may just be the they're just waiting until, until they're quite a bit older than traditionally would be the case. We need to recognize that and understand that, okay, we might, we are trying to secure a talent pipeline, but these people maybe will stay for two to three years and then they want a promotion or they're going to head off. And then you kind of have to go know that going in and, and recognize that that's not because your, your company's poor at retaining your staff necessarily. It's more the motivation and the intentions of these people. And it, that's just the nature of the beast, unfortunately. I think in, with, with that said, I think you need to recognize that a lot of young people are coming into this. They, they want a clear plan as to how they can progress up the ladder. So if you can provide some sort of path to say, if you work hard enough, if you put in the extra hours, if you do what's required, we can take you to a director level role or partnership, or um, you can move to boot. We can make you a head of audit of one of our divisions or something. Yeah, there is there is a path for you here. It's worth sticking around. It's worth really putting the the blood and guts into this into this career with us. Um, instead of uh, leaving them to feel like okay, you're auditor number thirty two in our B team. You know, that, I noticed that a lot. I think a lot of people feel frustrated with that. 
I think another thing to recognise is that, like going back to my point about um, the sort of transience and the the ability to afford things in the, in the traditional way, a lot of people, they will have a second job. They will have a side hustle. They will be doing things like I'm doing, like promoting a personal brand. They'll, they'll be doing things outside of work. So you don't quite get that full wraparound ownership of the employee. And I think that goes both ways. And a lot of millennials, they don't feel looked after and safe they don't expect to have a job for life they don't expect to have a pension they don't expect to they're very much thinking about how do I get through this year and how can I progress so if you if you want to retain people it it can be very powerful to say to them we want to look after you we want you to have a 30-year career with us we want you to really get something out of this and for this be a two-way relationship that engagement can be very difficult to do one way to suggest um just just sort of close off um this thought and, and you might have some things to add to yourselves i think that there's a real space for diversity in senior leadership teams i think if you look at millennials now are going into their 40s and we don't see an awful lot of senior internal audit leaders they are out there but millennial senior audit leaders heads of order people making these decisions and and having that representation of young people in the first place in which they they might help in rebranding the the employee the employer as a as a competitor in the talent market. Um, you have to think as well, uh, and I guess uh, as a subsequent point, um, you're no longer in this market. It's no longer a buyer's market. It's a seller's market. People internal auditors are in demand. Qualified auditors will get snapped up and be given better offers. You need to give them a reason. Why should I stay with you? What if I've got five other offers? Why am I staying here? Do I have a purpose? Do I have? Do I feel empowered? Am I delegated to? Do I feel like I've got the, the freedom to explore and have autonomy in my role? Yeah. Do I have ownership? Do I feel good about what I'm doing and optimistic about my my medium term future at least? Uh, I think those those some really key points. I'd be happy to go into much more detail, but I don't want to don't want to go into more log on that. So it, it's. Sounds to me like a lot of it is making sure or audit leadership should be making sure that they understand their team. And I think it's not just by, you know, which group X, Y, Z, millennial, whatever it is. Um, And I'm probably too old to know the one we're currently at, but um, to also understand their team as individuals and what motivates Christian and what motivates Mary and why should, why should Mary want to stay? Why should Christian want to stay? You know, what is it that they want to achieve in their life? It's something I talk about a lot when, you know, with my Know Your Audience um, training material. You know, what are their personal goals and what are their professional goals and how can you help them achieve it, right? I use it from a different perspective in terms of, you know, how you help your audit stakeholder achieve theirs. But I think the same concept applies for this. I just want to touch on, at the beginning, you said you were a career auditor. How does... Or what do you think the difference is for career auditors and for kind of rotating auditors in that first five years? Is there any difference that leadership should pay attention to? That is a is a good it's a good question. I think it's unlikely that people are going to be honest in most cases that yes, I only want to do this for two years and then I want to rotate into management. Um, unless they know that the internal audit is very amenable to that, um, they oftentimes won't want to lose their staff and, and won't hire in the first place. If we if we can predict that some some of our staff are going to rotate into the business or they're going to rotate to other sort of managerial roles in, in other departments like finance and things like that, I think that you need to 
it's good to get them on the path to becoming an internal auditor as a a certified internal auditor for example that gives them an ownership of their profession it makes them part of something a wider community they're recognized as a they have an identity as an internal auditor and again that progression that career path to say yes you could go into management but you can also go into audit management and this is what this would offer you again you're going to have a significant amount of attrition um just just the nature of how things are these days but i i truly believe that a lot of that is lost in communication um what what could be there and i think a lot of it is recognized by the institute themselves that we don't really pen out the the path for auditors it's often i'm an auditor and then two years in well i don't know where this is going so i'm going to go and get this other job because i've got some experience now um, so it really lies in that to me and and, my, and again in, in how we present ourselves is audit the sort of stayed back office gray suits tick and bash type audit or, or can it be this really exciting profession that's at the forefront of decision making and, and influence in the organization and taking us in a new direction and, and you know all these sort of things that we could really be getting across that would be exciting and appealing to young people I believe we are up against it so i will i just have one uh one more thing to note tracy i got you at two ums christian i got you at one and i think i counted like eight for myself so something we can continue to work on but that's it for me tracy i'll throw it to you and then christian if you have any uh closing words feel free yeah i just want to thank everyone for the comments i know chaz's last comment younger folks and most workers today want a balanced lifestyle with a healthy happy well-being approach Um, needs to be addressed and included in job offerings. I think that's very true. Um, And hopefully there are some leaders out there who have listed the conversation and know that they need to pay more attention. They need to take care of their team to make sure that they stick around. It's very expensive to train a new auditor and then to turn around and have them leave two and a half years later. Um, There's so much that can be done, whether they are a rotating auditor like Winsome or whether they are a career auditor like Christian. And I think both are valuable and should be valued within the team. They're both are critical. You need some folks to stick around and be the, you know, the solid platform. And then you need some other folks to bring in some change and excitement and new ideas and then flow back out into the business. On that note, I want to say thanks to everyone for being with us and for all the comments. We really do appreciate it. Christian, it was lovely to have you here. I think you are maybe one of three under 30s, Trent, that we've had in the room so far in the audit room. So I, I really applaud your uh, innovation and your ideas and your goal of branding yourself. I think this is the perfect time to do it and it sets you up for an amazing career. Thank you so much for being with us. And the last word goes to you. Um, thank you both for giving me this opportunity. I really, really appreciate it. Um, I'm really pleased to have been here. If anyone wants to connect with me on LinkedIn, please feel free to do so. I have a blog called Ambitious Young Male Weekly, which is slightly broader outside of internal order. It's more focused on young people as it goes. And um, just, I mentioned the IIA Aspire community. Uh, if you can see, see us out, search us out and find us, or you can contact me about that. We have an upcoming event on modern slavery, what an internal audit needs to know um, coming up shortly. And I can give you details about that, but thank you very much. Thank you.